guys, I'm excited to be here this morning. We're starting a new teaching series called At the Table. Take your Bible, turn to Leviticus. Now, that's a, that's a different book, right? I don't think I've ever done a message out of Leviticus. Believe it or not, we're going to be there for about five or six weeks. Leviticus chapter 23. Leviticus chapter 23. If you're not sure what that is, it goes Genesis, Exodus, number. Anyway, it's right there before between Deuteronomy and Genesis, all right? So take your Bible, turn to Leviticus chapter 23. We're starting a series, like I said, called At the Table this morning. And uh, so excited as we walk through this process. If you love history, this is your jam, all right? If you don't love history, please come back in six weeks, okay? Uh, as we begin our Christmas season. Now, actually, seven weeks. Um, but uh, before we get going, I want to say a heartfelt thank you for all the pastoral care uh, appreciation notes, gifts, words of encouragement, emails. It blessed me and my family. Sunday afternoon last week, my wife and I sat down and read all those nice, kind letters you gave us and gifts you gave us and just cried together, and it was amazing. We are so blessed to be a part of this church and to be your pastor, and I am so thankful uh, just, to, just to be here with you guys to be able to open up God's Word we have week. So thank you guys so much for doing that. Um, it was better than a Georgia win yesterday, all right? So... Uh, thank y'all so much. Now, let's get started this morning because we're going to deal with a relevant, relevant, relevant subject for you. Something you've heard your entire life, but we're going to dig a little deeper than just scratching the surface, all right? We have a problem in my family, and the problem is this. There are way too many birthdays than there are times to get together. Y'all have that problem, some of you? I come from a large, extended family, very blessed in doing so. And my mother, bless her heart, we were supposed to have her uh, birthday party last night and my brother-in-law's birthday party last night because we've gotten to that point. Any of y'all like that where we were just going to mush them together? Um, and so uh, my mother was supposed to have her birthday party last night, and my dad has COVID, so... We didn't have a birthday party. We just texted from afar. You know what I'm talking about? My, my daughter and my father share the same birthday. So every year I bring my daughter in and go, it's a gift that keeps giving, Pop. And uh, saved a lot of money. Um, not really. Not at all. Um, but we have a problem trying to get all these people together, coordinate schedules. I have a sibling is also in the ministry, so she works on Sundays as well. And all those things together is almost impossible. And so we've had to figure out, okay, your birthday's this day, your birthday's this way, and even though they're eight weeks apart, we're going to come together. My brother and my, my wife both have a birthday a day apart. We do their birthday together. My brother's still bitter about that 23 years later. He'll get over it. Uh, but now I share a birthday. I used to be the only one that had a, my birthday's July 15th. Now write that down. Most important thing you're going to hear this morning, all right? Bass Pro Shop cards, you know, anything with food. Good? You got, got it. All right, good. You get that online as well. Now here's the deal. Let me get my Venmo. We're going to put that up there right now. Uh, so I'm July 15th, almost right smack dab in the middle of the year, right? And so nobody else is close to me. So typically, man, it's just, it's all about chip. And here's the reality, guys. People have forgotten it including me you know so i have a nephew now i think he's six and he uh his birthday i think is in august and so the only time we could all get together is on our birthday and we share it now i'm not bitter i don't hate the kid much and all that stuff and he came to me the other day i love him to death he's he, i say he's named after me his name is brooks and i'm chip and um my middle name is brooks and so um he said Uncle Chip, I want a pirate party for my birthday. So guess what? We had a pirate party. Let me show you this picture. 
So this is his birthday a couple years ago. Do we not have a picture? Oh, we got here we come. Here's his birthday, our birthday party that we celebrated a couple of years ago in which we had a pirate party. Everything was themed pirate. We had all the stuff. Uh, I wore the hat. He wore the hat. We had the, the eye patch. We had hooks. We had real swords. It was a blast. Here's why I say this, is that celebrations are important, right? With the holiday season coming back up, celebrations are a big deal. And the thing about my family, the thing about my people, whether it be family members or friends, you can take that picture down now. Nobody wants to stare at me. Here's the deal, it, twice. And so here's the deal with all that, is that we always gather around the table. Eating is good, right? And I think all of y'all do that, right? For Christmas, we don't all get together and say, hey, we're going to eat some rice cakes. No, you don't do that. You get the best that you've got, and you sit down with that wonderful casserole, that turkey, that ham, that steak, that shrimp, wherever you're from, and you sit down and eat it. For Easter, it's the same way. And we have our traditional types of food for each one of these holidays, agreed? For somebody's birthday party, it's typically their favorite food. I'm an ice cream cake guy, you know? Here's the thing. Those festivals are important because they help us remember and help us celebrate. Sometimes the festivals that we have or the feasts that we have aren't times of celebration. They're times of remembrance. Maybe it's a loved one's passed on. You remember their birthday and you go out to eat and think about them. Y'all have done that before, I'm sure. Maybe you've had those moments to where, hey, I remember something. And if we even do that as a culture. We have something called Memorial Day, right? And we celebrate presidents that we studied who have been dead for 200 years. These are important occasions because they remind us they renew us, and we celebrate. There is no difference in what we do than what the Bible called the Jewish people to do, to remind them, to bring them to the table to celebrate and to feast. I read a book years ago by a guy named Philip Yancey, and it was called The Bible Jesus Read. It was the first time, I think I was in my early, early 20s, I just got in the ministry, and I was astonished by this one fact, that everything in the Old Testament pointed to Christ. Now, we think, think about this for a moment. Jesus had his own copy of the Bible. He was not only the living word, as we find in John chapter 1, he also read the Old Testament. And as he turned those pages of the Torah, as he read the prophet of Isaiah, as he sang in synagogue psalms, all of it pointed to him. You get that? And in Jewish culture, there are occasions, what they call sacred or appointed times and these feasts these occasions point to Jesus and as New Testament Christians we sometimes forget about that now we're not going to roll out the red carpet and celebrate all the Jewish feasts but what I want to do over the next few weeks is to really understand and dig into these Old Testament truths see Jesus in it and allow that to apply to our lives makes sense to everybody right now we're going to end this in a big way we're bringing in a, a missionary from the mission organization called Jews for Jesus and he's going to come and preach on where is Christ in Hanukkah isn't that going to be cool so we're going to do that to begin the Christmas season but what we want to deal with today and for the next several weeks is look at these feasts let's look at these appointed times and see Jesus in it now understand this in Leviticus chapter 23 verses 1 through 2 
the whole chapter in Leviticus chapter 23 is God giving the law on how to celebrate these festivals or when to celebrate these feasts. Leviticus is all about law. Levi, who is the high priestly family in the Old Testament, were given these laws and are called to teach these to the people of Israel to do these things. Now, the people of Israel has laws to follow, and to follow those laws was an act of grace because if you did it right, you went to heaven. But they longed for that time to where they knew they were breaking the law day in and day out. They'd have to have these times of atonement, these times of sacrifice, but they longed for that time where the Messiah came and took the permanent punishment they deserved so they knew that as they broke those laws, they were still forgiven. Thank God we have that permanence, right guys? As Christians, knowing Jesus means that these laws, even though we break them and we realize that we're sinners, Christ has forgiven us when we know him, right? That's a good thing. But in Leviticus chapter 23, I want you to go to verse 1 and 2. The Lord said to Moses, Speak to the Israelites and say to them, These are my appointed festivals, the appointed festivals of the Lord, which you are to proclaim as sacred assemblies. Now, let's just kind of pull this apart for a second. First of all, God appoints them. This is what you're to do. And the second thing is these are sacred. They're separated from everything else. So if you had a birthday, this is not the same thing. If you're getting married, which was a big deal in Jewish culture as it is in ours, but much more so then, this is more important. These are sacred occasions. And I want you to notice something that's very important here. Go back to what it said. In verse, uh, let's go to verse verse 2. It said, these festivals of the Lord which you are to proclaim as sacred. Notice that last word. You see this? Assemblies. You didn't do it alone. This was a community-wide thing. This is a big deal for us to remember this because what it did, it did two things. One, it helped them look forward to and remember at the same time. And two, you got to remember, this is an agrarian society. Everything rotated on seasons when the rains would come, when they were to plant, when they were to harvest, those types of things. So it kept them in line with when they were to plant, when they were to harvest, and when they were to eat. Make sense? We have those same types of seasons. Now, look, most of us in the room, some of you may be farmers. But most people in this day and age in our community are not. But we still have seasons, right? You don't mark them when you go and harvest. You mark them when you go and do things. In this point of the year, we go to the beach. At this point of the year, we go to the mountains. You understand what I'm saying? But I want you to flip over to Genesis chapter 1. We'll throw this up on the screen. Genesis chapter 1, verses 14 through 19. Now, this is the creation narrative. And I want you to get what's happening here. Because God does something very interesting, starting in verse 14. And God said, let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate the day from the night and let them serve, get this, as signs to mark what? Say that again because I want to make sure you're awake, folks. Signs to mark what? Sacred times. Now, this is huge. Special occasions, sacred times. Then it goes on to say, and days and years and let them be lights in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth and it was so God made two great lights the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night he also made the stars and God set them in the vault of the sky to give them light on the earth to govern the day and the night and to separate light from darkness and God saw that it was what? good and there was evening and there was morning on the fourth day now I want you to think through what's happening here there's three specific things in this little text here. And we're going to get to what we're going to deal with today, but you've got to understand context. First step is this. God appointed these times as sacred assemblies. You do it together, you set them apart, 
and you make sure you do it every year. But then, even in creation itself, he does a couple of things. He creates seasons. He creates day and night. He creates weeks and months. He creates years. And he creates these seasonal things to be sacred. You follow this? So they didn't have calendars. They didn't have watches. Their iPhones did not update during daylight savings times, folks. They had the sun. They had the moon. And they kept track of this stuff. And the purpose of him creating these things was to make sure they knew the seasons and they knew when they were to remember and look forward. Now, going back to Leviticus chapter 23, if you look through this and you can scan through your copy of God's Word there, there are several feasts that he says to make sure you follow. And we're going to study these. The Passover feast, the festival of unleavened bread, the offering or the feast of first fruits. Now, all of those three, Passover, unleavened bread, and first fruits, happen continuously in about three days. And they match exactly with Jesus Christ's crucifixion in the grave and rising from the dead. You see that? That's going to be important as we move forward here because all of that pointed to Christ. And then later on in the year, they had the Feast of Weeks, or what they call Pentecost, which is a Greek word, which means 50 days after. So 50 days after first fruits they celebrated the feast of weeks or pentecost now as christians we know pentecost in acts chapter one and two right folks it's when the holy spirit came and the church began then we have the feast of trumpets the day of atonement and then the feast of booths or tabernacles now we're going to explain all that because that seems like a foreign language to most of us in here right but there's one we missed all of these i just listed you do once a year but there's one you do every week go to verse three there are six days when you may work, but on the seventh day is a day of Sabbath rest, a day of sacred assembly. You are not to do any work wherever you live. It is Sabbath to the Lord. What we're talking about a Sunday in Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. Notice what happens here. This is important for us to read. Genesis chapter 2 says, Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in their vast array, but the, by the seventh day God had finished the work he'd been doing. So on the seventh day he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day, and he made it holy. He separated it from the other days, because on it he rested from all the work of creating, that, all the creating that he had done. And he gives us the commandment, or gives those in the Old Testament. We're going to get to the New Testament, folks, in just a second, me and you. But in the Old Testament, he said, you take that seventh day, which is Saturday in the Jewish culture, and you rest. But there's a couple things we miss here. It also says you gather. It also means you remember. And so when we think through this for a few moments, the idea of Sunday is a day of rest. Sabbath, or the Hebrew word sabbat, means a day of rest. We go to Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 through 11. Let's put that up on the screen. Very important to understand this because in the top 10, God makes sure he writes this down. He says, remember the Sabbath by day by keeping it holy, by separating it from the rest. Six days you shall labor and do all of your work. And then he goes on into verse 10 and he says, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. Now understand the wordage there. You see that? To what? Not to Travel ball. Not, I'm going to step on this hose today. Just get ready. All right. Not to the lake. Not to 
going out and hanging out with your friends not to sleeping in he says to what to the Lord your God own it you shall do, do not do any work neither you or your son or your daughter nor your male or female servant nor your animals nor any foreigner residing in your towns now there's a practical part of this you need rest they even said hey look make sure your animals don't do anything why because you plow a mule seven days eventually it's going to die right it's going to wear out you got to rest it make sure that your servants are resting make sure that you're resting make sure your family's resting and then it goes on in verse 11 for in the six days the lord made the heavens and the earth the sea and all is in them but he rested on the seventh therefore the lord blessed the sabbath sabbath day and he made it holy now understand what's happening here because it's important for us to gather up and put in our pocket go back to leviticus chapter 23 God has said in verses 1 through 2, do these appointed times and keep it holy and gather together. In verse 3, he says the Sabbath is that thing you do every week. And these festivals are these things you do every year. Here is the problem. I don't see if you feel this way. Is it for a Christian... We celebrate the Sabbath on Sunday, right? We're here on a what? Sunday. God, you're so smart this morning. Just in case you forgot, all right? I know last year you're on last week you're on fall break. I felt like Friday was Saturday, didn't you? Just in case you forgot, we do it on Sunday. But Jews did it on Saturday. Why? Because Jesus rose from the dead on a Sunday, and the church wanted to differentiate itself and said, We're gonna celebrate and have our day of rest, our Sabbath on the day Christ rose from the dead because we celebrate his resurrection and new life in Christ. Make sense? But then we have all these caveats. Well, what if I'm on vacation? That's relevant, right? Vacations are good. You need to take yours. In fact, if you get to the end, I'm just going to tell you this. If you get to the end of your year, if your physical year, if your company is January through December and you have days left off that you didn't take, I'm going to tell you something. Shame on you. Take every one of them. If you're not resting, you need to. You're not created. You know what was so interesting is uh, when the, the computer was first really popularized in the 80s and then going into the 90s, the big selling point was, hey, you're not going to have to worry about working anymore. It's going to take the work week down from 40, 60 hours down to 20, 30 because this computer is going to help us get done more. And guys, what's happened is the exact opposite, has it not? You've got a computer, and now you can put it in your pocket, so here's the deal. You should get more done. It should be done effectively. And the reality is that's not how it's working. And now we live in a stressed-out, wore-out society. And here's the thing, and I'm convicted about this, guys, is that we as a culture don't take time to recharge and renew and i'm not saying go sit on your couch and watch tiktok let's be real some of us do that right you look for the funniest thing that happened that day i'm talking about recharge and renew and rest we live in the most anxious culture we've ever lived in your children are more anxious than any other demographic in the entire world and here's what's interesting is that your children are more anxious than they've ever been than any time recorded in history why not only is the pressures from the outside coming in all over the place the pressures from the inside are bubbling out and there's no place to rest we're wore out guys 
And God created that day not so that we hold it in legalism, but, so, but we hold it in value, in grace. So what we want to try to deal with this morning for our time together is really answer this question. Why do we need to take a Sabbath? And then what do we do on that Sabbath? Now, I want to start off, like I said, there's some caveats here. We'll, we'll, we'll circle back around this at the end. There are many of, of you in our church that are first responders. We don't need to close down all the hospitals or police departments on Sundays. That's not wise, right? It's okay to do good on Sunday, and that's doing good, right? And we're going to, and, and these aren't rules that you have to follow or else you're condemned. These are opportunities that we get to do because it's godly wisdom. There's a big difference there, is it not? So, here's the question. Why do I need to take a Sabbath? I want you to turn to Mark chapter 2, verse 27. Jesus made this statement. We'll have this on the screen. He says this. Then he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the what? Sabbath. Now, here's the thing. And even in Christian culture, we get this idea is that we have to obey the Sabbath. We have to obey Sunday. You can be so far away from Jesus as you can possibly be, but I knew people even when I was growing up, they never missed a Sunday. When I was growing up, there was a guy, there was Sunday school was a big deal. And you got a, um, a pin if you did not miss a Sunday school class throughout the entire year. So if you went to Sunday school or church 52 days out of the year, at the end of that year, you were recognized in front of the whole church. And man, I wanted that pin. Man, my parents didn't take me every week. <laughs> We did stuff. We went on vacation. And there was an old man that was in our congregation. And every year he'd get a pin. I'll never forget this. And I can't remember his name, but they asked him, and said, you know, Mr. Smith, show us all your pins that you've gotten over the years. And I'll never forget. He pulled out of his pocket, and they all attached to each other and held it out. And it went down 30 times. He never missed a Sunday. There was also a man in our community that didn't miss a Georgia game for 40 years. Here's the point. This is not condemning if you miss. It's not about rules. It's about renewal. And when Jesus made these statements to the Pharisees, going back to that verse in verse 20 in Mark chapter 2, they're talking to him about healing someone on the Sabbath. Because these Jews had all these rules. If you put vinegar in your mouth and you have a sore tooth, that's work. If you go and help a neighbor, that's work. If you walk more than a certain amount of distance, that's work and you're in sin. And Jesus makes a statement. The Sabbath was not, you know, we were, not, we're not made for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for you. And here's your first point. We need Sunday. Sunday doesn't need us. I want you to let that just melt into your brain. We need Sunday. Sunday doesn't need us. It's not about packing out the church on a Sunday morning. I would love that. The only people in the world that want their seats filled really are two. Uh, concert promoters and pastors. We want it packed in here. You guys are like, nope, I like space between me and people, right? Sunday doesn't need you. You need it. Understand that. And so I'm going to give you four components to why the Sabbath is important and give you some applications about how to celebrate it because let's be real. This is just me and you talking. It's, it's something we struggle with, right, guys? Never forget, and i got a few minutes to do this. 
I'll never forget my son, my, my, my wife had terrible morning sickness, terrible morning sickness, sick all the time. And um, she was pregnant with our second. And so it was a Sunday morning and she was so sick Sunday morning, she couldn't go to church. I mean, just awful sick. And I said, well, I, I'll take Cade with me. That's our oldest. He was a toddler at that time. And, and I'll take him to church and we'll put him in the nursery because that's free childcare, right? And so we'll bring, let's just, you get it, right? All right. We put him in, because some of your parents are like, I can't wait to get to church. I can't wait to get to church. And, and so we put him in the nursery and then I preached for a service or two and then came home. And um, so she was sick. She was laying in bed and I got him and it was so cold that morning. And so you have to wrap your child up in bubble wrap and then you have to wrap him up in a parka and then you have to wrap him up in another jacket. And then you have to put a sweater on and you got to strap him in that contraption. You know what I'm talking about? It takes an engineer to figure out how to put it in your car. So I got all that done. I put him in and I was in Louisiana. It was 70 degrees and I put him in the car and I strapped him in and I got ready and I'm running late to church and I'm the guy. You know what I'm talking about? Like it don't happen unless I'm there. And so I strap him in. He looks at me and said, Daddy, I poopy. Ugh, curses and I'll be real with you guys if I was not the pastor I would not have been there that Sunday y'all have had those occasions right you walked out the door you poured coffee all over your shirt nope that's it God doesn't want me to be there you know we're looking for any excuse right you go in you crank up the car it goes rear, 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 rear. it does that every morning you just know you got to turn it for 30 seconds more oh God Lord doesn't want it Lord doesn't want it online today baby you know all whatever it may be here's the deal it's not legalism it's grace and so when we deal with Sunday there are four components to this and these were created for you this is an amazing act of grace God gives us number one Sundays are about renewal Sundays are about renewal what do we mean by that when God finished creating the world, he took that Sabbath and he stepped back and he said, it's good. There was delight there. And if Sunday can do anything, no matter how horrible your week has been, we come together and hopefully it's not going to renew you completely, but it'll be a springboard for renewal for you. I want you to write this down. We didn't get this in the text, but get this. A Sunday experience cannot be a supplement for a daily godly encounter now get that that's important an experience and an encounter are two things it's one thing to go watch a football game it's another thing to stand in the middle of the field and get smacked that's an encounter god called you to have daily encounters but it's a springboard from the experience you follow, you follow this right and the Sabbath is about having that renewal moment, that experience. Secondly, it's a day to rest, man. God didn't need to rest. He's infinite in power and wisdom and energy. But you are not. And just as Christ gave us the example of baptism, they give us the example of rest. And this is a big deal because remember the culture he's writing to. If they didn't work, they didn't eat think through that for a moment if they didn't go weed the garden the next day on monday it was going to be twice as much if they didn't beat off the white-tailed deer from eating their okra i'm not bitter it was gone are you following me on this this is a massive step of faith you and i don't have this problem we can typically go to the grocery store and buy what we need but here's the point and this is what i want you to get it's for rest you've got to have it 
You've got to rest, guys. Two things to keep in mind. Work does not identify you. Work is worship. What do you mean by that? And what does this have to do with Sunday? God calls us to glorify Him in all things. And if, you know, the thing that we ask ourselves when we meet somebody is the first thing is, like, what do you do? And I want, sometimes I just want to go, I breathe, you know? But what we mean is, what do you do for a living? Because I'm going to judge you from everything from what you say from here on out. But work is not your identifier. Work is what you do. And you do it well, and that's worship. But the second point in that is what refreshes us gives us rest. Now, what, what do you mean by that? Well, let me give you, a, give you a couple examples here. My, we have a big flower garden in our house. And every day, my wife goes out, and she cuts flowers, she prunes, she waters, she fertilizes. And an hour and a half later, she comes back in the house, and she's like, that was great. So I go out there with her, and I prune, and I water, and I cut flowers. And I walk in 10 minutes later, that was awful. <laughs> rest is different for other people. You understand that, right? It's about getting renewed. But we have to take those times to do it. We have to be willing to depend upon the Lord to say, you know what? That can wait. That can wait. Truett Cathy is my hero of that. He's the founder of Chick-fil-A, and he had a conviction early on that he was going to make sure him and his employees had that opportunity to have that Sabbath day. And people said, Truett, you're crazy. You're never going to make you're never going to make your bottom line. And it ended up he's a Fortune 500 company now, right? It works out, guys. It works out. Next thing is not only do you rest, not only are you renewed, you regather. You regather. Now, in our culture today, this is a little different, but 20, 30 years ago, church was the center of the community. It always has been. That's why you can go to these small New England towns and even here in the south and across the world, and you'll find the church in the middle of the square, right? Why? That was the center of the community. That was a gathering point. Not always a holy episode was happening in there, but people would gather at that point and they knew every week they'd come out of the fields, they'd come out of the mechanic shop, they'd come out of the factories, and they'd come out of the schoolyards, and they would gather together and they would worship. And here's the point. You're called to do that too. We're called to regather. Now, again, I'm going to make you feel bad. I love the fact that we can stream online services. But that is not the same as gathering together with the saints. It is not. Church is not about listening to a gifted communicator. You have the opportunity to go home and plug into any worship service on the planet and hear 50,000 million pastors that can preach better than me. You can go and experience a better worship set. But hear me on this. They are not the same as being in the body of Christ and gathering together. It, doesn't, it cannot be supplemented somewhere else. It is for when you can't make it to church. Are you with me on this? This is something you have to push back against culture. We're not going to stop streaming online. We see it as an outreach tool, and many of you have come to church because you've been with us online. But regathering and being a part of the body is so, so important. We worship together, and then we do life together. Interestingly enough, the average 
the average church size is about 75 people. Once you get above 100, it's hard to get to know everybody, right? And we're way beyond that. So it's important not only do we gather as a whole, but we gather as a smaller group too. You need those people in your life. If you're not in a group, it's time to go. It's time to get in one. Last thing, we remember. We remember all that the Lord has done. It's been a bad week. Well, Sabbath is a good time to say, Lord, great is your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness. I have been cleaned. I have been redeemed. And no matter what I've experienced, I remember that you've saved me. And I'm not made for this planet. I'm made for you. That's a deep point of encouragement. And when you can't remember that, you come into the body of Christ and they tell you that. That's why we sing to each other as we celebrate those things. But how does this connect to Jesus? Well, there's two, two things here. Man has totally corrupted the Sabbath. Y'all realize that? And it's not our fault. We're part of the problem. But that started way back in the Garden of Eden. They started corrupting the Sabbath then. They made it about rules. And now we've gotten to a point where it's just it's optional. You get what I'm saying? Man has corrupted that. But Jesus is making it new to where, and this is what's so beautiful, you'll have an eternity of Sabbaths one day when you know Jesus. Now, when I was growing up, I was, I was, the pastor would always look at me and say, that means when we're in here worshiping and we feel the Lord, it's going to be like that every day in heaven. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> y'all are with me right there. Y'all have done the same thing. No, it's rest. It's renewal. It's satisfaction. It's joy. Those are things I can get into, right? That's it. So understand that Jesus is in the Sabbath because he's saying, come in and enjoy my rest that I provide for you. And then the second thing is this. The Sabbath will be realized totally in him. We've corrupted it. He makes us right. So what do we do with this? Well, I'm going to give you three steps of application. Here you go. And the next week we're going to deal with Passover and finding Jesus in that. Three things here. Number one, plan to rest and refresh. If you don't plan for it, it ain't going to happen, guys. I even like to take 10, 15 minutes a day and have a Sabbath. And if you have a coffee break, you can do that. Just rest. Plan to do it. Plan to refresh. Two, plan to, to get regather. Plan to regather. Plan to be with people and remember what Jesus is all about. Regather, remember. Second thing is be open to be renewed. Be open to be renewed. What is it? Why, not, why don't we phrase it that way? Because most of us, many of us, aren't open to being renewed. We're okay with following a process, but we're not open to saying, God, renew me. I'm just going to let you do it. One of my favorite websites is a place called, a, it's, it's a satirical website called the Babylonian Bee, or Babylon Bee. I don't know if you've heard of that, and it is hilarious. Let me give you a couple of headlines from just this past week, because none of it's true, but it's really funny, and sometimes the truth, the, the funny stuff is true, right? Here's one. Ten infractions of which PayPal will deduct $2,500 from your account. Now, if you've been following the stuff with PayPal, you know exactly what that means, right? Second one. I love this one. Woman deeply convicted during sermon that her husband needs to repent. You know what I'm saying? I love that one. Here's another one. 
And this is for all the Halloween stuff. If you go by anybody's yard in Halloween, they got these little fake gravestones and spooky things. Get this. Study shows that October is the perfect time to bury a body in your front yard. I love this one. Here's my favorite one. Are you ready for this? Pumpkin spice addiction, colon, know the signs. Some of you have that problem. Years ago, they published an article, and this is what the headline said. Couple confused why their adult children don't follow Jesus after taking them to church every Christmas and Easter. Truth hurts, doesn't it, folks? We need the body. We need each other. We need to rest, and you need to refresh. So I want to invite you to do that in Jesus. You need to take your place at the table every week, whether you're by yourself or not. But take it with God's family. Take it by refreshing yourself in God's word and use it as a springboard to move forward. Make the Sabbath holy. Separate that. And so while many of us were like, man, I'm going to go home and I've got these things to do. And y'all are there, right? Don't. It's not going to refresh you. Don't. I know there's going to be times when you have to make every effort listen to me to take a nap to enjoy the sunshine to laugh because the list will be there tomorrow right refresh remember regather and rest have you taken your place at the table by asking Christ to come into your life do you know Jesus do you need to surrender your life to him and as we sing this next song, if you're here today and you don't know Christ or you need to take that step of faith, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to fill out a card that's inside of your worship folder that says, Today I Need Jesus, or text in a number on the screen that says, I Need Jesus, and take those steps of faith to know Him. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we love you. And God, we ask that in these moments as we surrender, as we experience, and as we begin to encounter you on a personal and real way, I pray, God, that you would overwhelm us with your grace. But Lord, as you've given this incredible appointed sacred time, that we would be mindful of what you're doing. Lord, Sabbath doesn't need us. We need it. And so God, let us remember. Let us renew. Renew us completely. And let the daily, the, 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 the today's experience push us into having daily encounters. And so Christ, strengthen us, move in us, guide us, and direct us. Overwhelm us with your grace. Jesus, thank you for loving us. Thank you for the hope we have in you. And overwhelm us with your grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.